0: is sponsored by Ulrich & Short. Are you looking to reformulate and simplify your products to meet consumer demands?
1: Ulrich & Short are designers and
0: suppliers of clean and plant-based functional
1: ingredients.
0: Helping food manufacturers to solve process challenges, simplify label declarations and improve nutritional profiles. To speak to a development technologist, visit
1: www.cleanlabelingredients.com.
0: To the O for Food's Sake podcast, where we unwrap the joys and struggles of working in the food industry so you can thrive in what you do best while sustaining a rewarding and fulfilling career or business. We are your hosts Lucy Wager, food industry consultant,
1: and Amy Wilkinson, food industry coach. We've worked in the food industry for the last 20 years and we're here to share with you the benefit of our hindsight. Our podcast is for you to find new ways to cope with the daily struggles, but mostly to inspire you to work on what's not working to ultimately improve your career or business long-term. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Oh For Food's Sake. Today, we have an amazing guest with us, George Willis, who is the founder of Procurement Hacks. George has worked in the food industry for mm, over 25 years-ish. We always go ish, don't we? When we get to a certain point, worked across a broad spectrum of roles and now has a um, procurement consulting business. And we really wanted to get George on the podcast because we often talk, you know, a lot of our listeners work in departments, uh, different departments, some of them work in procurement, but a lot of them don't. And we always talking about, aren't we, the how uh, different departments interact with each other and how that can sometimes be a bit challenging. So, we wanted to hear from the other side, <laughs> from the procurement side. So, hi, George. Hi, George. Hi, thanks for me. Do you feel like you're like walking into a, a bear pit or something now? I said that. I'm like, indeed, listen.
2: i
0: But it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we all, we all work in the same businesses. And we're all trying to do the same things. But we all have different needs and things that stress us out. And we can all, and George, we were just talking before we came on um, that you had put a mentee that you were working with in contact with me because you thought I might be able to help her. And you were like, oh, and it was great because you told her all these things that I hadn't told her. And she would have seen life from your side and life from my side. And it's, that's the thing. You know, what we do in the food industry is so complex and there's so many different areas, aren't there? And it's, yeah. we like to sort of open up the discussions, don't we, Amy? And try and see the bigger picture, basically. Yeah. And I think it's important that everybody
1: understands those different functions and stuff. So anyway, enough about us. We want to hear about you. And you know, we, I know you're a listener, so you know we're going to ask you for your full CV and career history. But it would be really good just to hear about where you, where you started out and how you ended up where you are.
2: Okay, uh, well, here we go. I uh, was a, a, a graduate trainee with G's after coming out of Harper Adams. And um, G's were one of the founding members of MDS. Uh, so I did all my training alongside the MDS team. Um, who were in my cohort, um, but that was a few years ago now. Um, and spent three years at G's working in production, in ops, in procurement, selling on the west, uh, sorry, on the wholesale market. And um, and uh, those skills that I learned there, I still use every single day in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you can't put a high enough value on on learning those uh, those skills quite early on in your career. Uh, after finishing with G's, I moved on to a company called Das International, who were importing iceberg uh, lettuce predominantly from a company called Avima, They still exist, AS. Das. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, had a great, great time setting up that business with, with Ian Dennis, the MD there. Um, and he was obviously the, the leading force. Um, but I cut my teeth in account management there.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that's quite. You know, if you're only a few years into your career, working in a startup is quite a big thing. You know, a, a, another steep learning curve, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. From from creating logos and uh, and just trying to understand how how the whole business was going to work. Um, yeah. And uh, we put in the profit system and and all sorts of things which don't generally come under um, some of those. Well, those roles that you're doing as when you. are More junior in your career. Mm -hmm. uh, It just had to be so broad because there were so few of us in the business. So Mm. it was a fantastic experience in a great team. And uh, and then headed off to go and get married and have children and went, Oh, why aren't I working again? So uh, (laughs) um, I spoke to a friend of mine who said, Oh, I'm working at EFP. Um, I said, well, look, I don't want anything with a mobile. I don't want to be talking Spanish lorry drivers into <laughs> when they're running late. Um, so I almost started my career again um, as, a, as a QC, working part time around nursery hours and so on.
1: Um, so that and, was about uh, sort of having the balance that you needed, like you want you wanted to be working, but yeah. you didn't want that. Well, I always talk about that mobile phone ring, that Nokia ring, I still hear when at night time <laughs> yeah. sometimes thinking the factory's calling me or like you say, yeah. a lorry driver.
2: Yeah, Spanish lorry drivers in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I didn't want any of that. And obviously I have a very young family. And uh, But what I found, actually what I ended up doing was earning less money than I was paying to the nursery in fact Mm. but what that did allow me to do was and I was really fortunate my husband was massively supportive and and um it allowed me to keep my foot in with my career yeah Um, and actually I'm really grateful for that and even when I stopped working for my second child I had three months off um and uh, I remember joking with somebody um saying it's easier to come to work than stay at home and look yeah
0: Yeah. we always say that don't we (laughs) Um, I'm on my uh, first day back from the um, Christmas holiday, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm feeling that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, um, but you know, that was that was my choice, and I and I was really pleased to do that. And what I found actually was I was still hungry for my career because that's who I am inherently. Yeah. yeah. Um And uh, I found myself in then uh, assigned to the MPD team, doing some process work. Um this was uh, around prep veg and fruit uh with the mm-hmm. f p and uh and then um found, sort of found myself in procurement because they needed somebody who didn't mind talking to people who could buy some stuff
1: yeah and
2: I think like many of us um there aren't degrees in procurement you don't mm-hmm. even really think of it as a as a possible career, so we tend mm-hmm. to Mm-hmm. And uh and, and then that was in produce, ingredients, packaging, really was, was my core basis there. Uh not long long after that um, EFP were acquired by Bacavore mm-hmm. and uh and that's when I joined the uh Bacavore team, which is a common thread. Uh, For all three of
1: us, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: um, so all told, I think with my with my EFP years and my time working in central procurement at all and out in the M&S businesses as well, um, it's 14, 15
1: years uh, at all Yeah. And um, when you were at all, were you buying the same stuff? Because I know, like, because they have centralised procurement, did you move around as well when you were there? Or
2: It was predominantly packaging and yeah. indirect.
1: Yeah, yeah, Um
2: and then when I moved out into the um uh, into the M and S businesses, uh, so fresh cooking and Kuchina, um, that involved buying proteins as well and overseeing obviously all the ingredients that the team were buying in. Uh, yeah. with category lead on buying chickens and uh and beef and lots of beef fillet for beef wellington. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so,
1: so quite um pretty safe so, cool. so if- like the majority of your career in procurement now like looking back but it was quite a squiggle to get there like you didn't it wasn't that when you left Harper you were like this is what I want to do I want to go and buy things it kind of happened to you to a a
2: degree. I I think if you speak to I mean I I look at lots of forums um, and follow lots of stuff on on LinkedIn with the the procurement people that are out there talking Mm -hmm. and almost all of them said they fell into it yeah. very rarely do people think actually do you know what? i knew i wanted to be in procurement
0: and do they um, fall yeah. into it from like you did within from different roles within the food industry and they sort of found their way there yeah
2: yeah and i think in uh certainly if they've been working if you've been working in a smaller business it tends to just sort of oh well, yeah. can, you, can you source some, can you yeah. find some yeah. um and um and i think that that happens quite easily and then in bigger businesses, I, if you just happen to be standing in the right or the wrong place at the wrong time,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think right now. I think you're quite passionate about procurement now, aren't you? <laughs> <passionate about> procurement
2: <laughs> Fantastically. Um, and it's been so enlightening, and it's an, I, I could not recommend the career more for, for anybody. Well, um, what
0: is it that you really love about it? What, what is it that has stood out for you compared to the other roles that you've done?
2: When you're working with the supply base, suppliers open the doors to their businesses and you get to learn about, it's almost, I say every day, it's not every day, but um, very often it's almost like going on, how do they make that? You know, you, you, yeah. you go you're going into the factories, you really understand um, what, is, what goes into making the, the products that you that arrive. So uh, from, um, let's say from an MPD team, team position, they'll say, well, I need a label. Um, but I understand um, how that's made in the paper mill. I understand mm. um, all the materials that go into making mm. it, the printing process, the coating process, the, mm. uh, the wastage on the line, the equipment that's used in the printers, yeah. uh, the, you know, how they manage the artwork process through that. um, And and actually it allows you to become an expert in the business in so many areas. So that's... Yeah, we
1: were talking about that, weren't we? When we were chatting yesterday, we were talking about how... Um, it's really great as well. And it used to happen at Back of all a lot. So I, I, I assume it happens in other businesses that you get to then go and see the end customer as well and be the, not the end not the consumer, like as in the retail customer and and be that expert in the room, which is so useful for the other people that aren't the experts at all.
2: Yeah, and I think it also engenders trust of the customer as well when they can speak to somebody in procurement who um, obviously understands that supply chain and, and, and knows what those key cost drivers are um, and, and and can look at what we can do to improve something and speak to an extent on behalf of the supply base mm. um, and, uh, and then have to go make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you know, businesses open their doors, they're so welcoming and actually what they want to do is share all the wonderful work that they're doing. Yeah. Um, and it's a real, it's a real privilege to go into the supply base um, and yeah. understand that. Um, it's, yeah. it's really good for
1: me so. so, one of the things oh, that I'm we wanted talk to talk. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry.
2: laughs>
1: <laughs> one of the things we wanted to talk to you about were the challenges that you have. So, I guess from the uh, from our listeners' perspective. They may work in procurement and be sitting here going, "Yes, George, yes, George, I'm totally with you." Um, but I know from working with MPD teams and stuff like that, it can it can it can often feel like procurement are uh, pulling in different directions. For, you know, and, and uh, this I know I'm very broad brushing here and like totally just saying, you know, you you just have to it cost savings. That's not necessarily true at all. I know that because you're a sustainable procurement <laughs> professional, um, but. It would be good to hear from the other side the the challenges that you find um, as a procurement person working with different departments, working with MPD, working with commercial. You know, um, we've done the good stuff. Tell us about the tough stuff.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I think we we all talk a lot generically about stakeholder management, Mm -hmm. um, and it covers so much. Um, And I think in... In my experience of, of making that work well, and NPD teams, particularly in large food businesses um, are an integral um, i wouldn't uh, beyond stakeholder I think team members uh, with the procurement team um, but I think so, some of those key frustrations can be when you asked for very specific things in very small quantities um, with no Real knowledge it might be an idea that a developer at the retailers' come up with because they were on holiday somewhere and came across a specific ingredient um, which I know no more as a buyer or um, procurement manager uh, about than the NPD manager does yeah. <laughs> so that can be quite frustrating um, in terms of well, where do we find that and how, how do we manage it. So it becomes a big voyage of discovery, we go through Mm -hmm. trials, it's hard work, and You've had to buy 500 kilos of it, which is three years stock, and um then it doesn't launch or it delists after four
1: weeks. I was going to say, and then it's. Uh, it's
2: remember... stock value and it's for and yeah, I remember
1: <laughs> a friend of mine years ago, like years ago, before Halloumi was a thing, and obviously now it is a thing, um and uh, they bought like a ton of Halloumi and it all sat in it. And every week in the management meeting, it's like on the write off list. It's that. Oh
0: yeah I mean, she must feel vindicated now that
1: <laughs> a bit out of date now uh,
0: yeah but she was ahead of the curve <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, that's like, so that's one of the big frustrations is it and i can see that because as developers we often want to be like ahead of the curve and and want to do something really completely different but yeah. there's part of you that's just thinking this is never gonna go anywhere and i'm gonna you have to put a disproportionate amount of work into sourcing it and finding it. Yeah. And this is,
0: this is a, this is a big thing about the, the, you know, we talk about the bigger picture because I was one of those developers because uh, like, I'm just thinking about when I was a backer board and we talk about these things and we speak to procurement and I felt like they were like stonewalling me because they, mm-hmm. they didn't want to do these like little things. But when you're a developer in that instance, the quantities that you're talking about don't really mean anything to you. And the consequences of that don't really mean anything to you because you're focused on the customer and their needs and, and that side of it. And the, you I know. Do the direct interface, hearing in yeah, the Exactly. And yeah. that I want. Yeah. <laughs> and I sort of came full circle because when I was doing podology and it was my money buying <laughs> stock and I was buying you know palletfuls of stuff and we had to write stuff off and we had to write package off. like I have a completely different view now because I've mm. felt it like I've seen it I've handled the pallets so, and it's it's that's why these conversations are important aren't they because it's sort of understanding that emotion for you <laughs>
2: mm. yeah and, and it's the the accountability and at, at the end of the day I think you know one thing procurement people love to do is make an impact on the business and that's and that's often an impact on the bottom line um and um although that is becoming broader and broader as as the um, profession develops and, and demands change mm. um but if you, you think well i've you know i've gone to all this trouble to negotiate really i've done planned out the negotiation i've done a really great great job the savings that have just been made we're now writing off in stock um, yeah. so yeah. When you think we're making an impact on the bottom line then you've got all the write off and so on and, and it is it can be really challenging and a bit frustrating but you know that's part of the journey of change and that's yeah. how we become better and why Halumi is now um, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> somebody <laughs> had to go through that pain not see not it is <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah so so there's those frustrations i guess the profession has changed a lot as well because did it i guess it well at the moment there is so much going on isn't there it must be quite a difficult department to work in at the moment you know there's so many supply chain issues there's cost um issues but then with layering on top of that sustainability carbon footprinting you know all of that sort of stuff is it just, have you seen it get more challenging?
2: It's far more complex. Um, mm. And I think certainly when I started out in the career, it was about cost savings or, you know, renegotiating prices, changing suppliers, mm. um, and actually, you know, being pretty aggressive in that market. And that, and that works to an extent when you're in a deflationary market and there aren't, uh, uh, and there's lots of supply. So that mm. allows you to be highly tactical in that environment. Um but I think what we've all learned, certainly through COVID, if you weren't already on that journey, uh, you've learned how important the security of the supply is, um, having trust in your supply base, um, and actually understanding the full supply chain. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just, I want a label. It's, I understand where that's coming from. I understand what the inputs are. I understand um, how much energy goes into making it Um or how difficult it is to source um, and what other global pools are. Um, And I remember, particularly in COVID, having a massive issue with vinyl gloves. And the suppliers that we were working with who were buying out of China were placing purchase orders and paying up front Mm. for vinyl gloves um, and nitrile gloves to come over from China. And the manufacturers were just saying in the morning, right, okay, who's going to, regardless of who's ordered what or who's paid us, who's given us the biggest price? And they get delivery today. Oh, my God. And you might even have thought it was shipped and all on the way, and your consignment gets diverted off to someone else who's prepared to pay more. Wow. And, and that's really where procurement comes into its own, because if you've got those great relationships yeah. and you understand the supply base that's where the trust and the relationship management massively comes in and allows you to continue that supply. Mm.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, I can see how it's so important to not just have those, like, transactional relationships and have, like, yeah, strategic the
2: roles, the roles will reverse very, very quickly. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and I think also, you know, some of those procurement processes can be a bit long. We've got to, you know, get all the information. We've got to get all the specifications. We've got to... Um, you know, make sure that we have uh, we understand all the suppliers that are bidding, that these are the terms that they're bidding on, you know, I mean, you can easily be a month's prep to mm-hmm. generate a, a, a tender. And what happened through COVID is that people were able to, I won't say shortcut those processes, but make them much more dynamic. And mm-hmm. I think that has been something that's um, a legacy that's left within the uh, procurement function. So uh, we're less clunky, we're much more dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and, and much quicker to just find out things that maybe we would have hidden behind a bit of a process before.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Ulrich & Short. Are you looking to reformulate and simplify your products to meet consumer demands?
1: Ulrich & Short are designers and suppliers of clean and plant-based functional ingredients.
0: Helping food manufacturers to solve process challenges Simplify label declarations and improve nutritional profiles. To speak to a development
1: technologist, visit www.cleanlabelingredients.com. Yeah. Yeah, like you've just had to become more agile, really. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. It's been it's really exciting times um, because every day is new, and and I love change, so it fits beautifully with with my um, uh, position. But uh, yeah, I think I think it, it has been it has been really really challenging, but it's also meant that the business around procurement. Have also been much more dynamic, mm-hmm. um, and more willing to change, and uh, have a greater understanding and, and empathy as well around that. I think.
0: Um, I was just going to say that. Do you think it's brought? Sounds a bit like cheesy, but is it like brought the different functions together a bit more, and an, like an appreciation of the procurement team having built those relationships? In if you're in a business not, where that's happening or not, yes. <laughs> Because um, mm-hmm. it really cool. highlights it really highlights it, doesn't it? I suppose it's been a it's been a period of of the industry's life where it's really brought into the spotlight the procurement side of things because there have been so many challenges. Yeah,
2: mm. yeah, I, I totally agree. I think teams are a lot closer, and actually, the broader business have a much greater understanding.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and the, I, I guess um, one of the things that I see in the teams that I work with is. It's an, it's a really interesting one, but it's the frustration that, that, that MPD teams particularly are having where they're, they're constantly having to do uh, – before they've even started their day job of coming up with new products and whatever, most of their time at the moment is spent on substituting ingredients or cost mitigation or stuff like that. Um, and I think it's a bit of a – um moralising, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually – in in an ideal world you'd have a whole separate department that was worrying no. about that stuff and not the creative people doing that but teams have been cut so much that 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 just doesn't exist you know way back 20 years ago when we were working together Lucy there'd have been bunts in the team to do that stuff no. now there no. just isn't so I guess it, it from an MPD point of view it's understanding what the neat why that that need is there but also rather than batting heads with procurement working together to get that stuff through as quickly as possible so that they can get on with the job that they want to be doing
2: yeah no I I think you're absolutely right um and and I think that it it has changed some of that dynamic um Mm. but absolutely those those frustrations can still be there if you don't have that level of understanding and 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 empathy really Um, um and uh, I know we would, were would just just sort of coming back to that sort of frustration piece. I know there was one um, thing that used to um, really frustrate me <laughs> was um, when um, MPD teams would come in and say, um, oh, what's this? Or, uh, you know, oh, what's the price for this? And I would say, well, what did the supplier say when you rang them? And sometimes <laughs> I'd get a... <laughs> <laughs> well, I sent them an email a week ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, we've got preferred supplier lists um, where, you know, we've done the due diligence. We know that they've got these products, you know. Don't hide behind email. Get on the phone and speak mm-hmm. to
0: people. It's a, it's a really good point. I'm laughing because we've talked about it before, and I'm sure you've heard this, how the, the, some the types of personalities that are in MPD teams don't, and it's interesting that you said you were sort of brought into procurement because they needed someone that would, you know, didn't mind speaking to people and that kind of thing. That's obviously your personality. And Amy and I are, are like that as well, but I don't think we were probably always like that. And we I were used pro- to be
1: terrified <laughs> we were, of know, up the photo yeah. interesting. Yeah. I was and so, so I, guilty of that.
0: It's, and I completely get your frustration, um. but I suppose so my response to that is for the procurement teams try and understand why they're not doing it they're not doing it to annoy you they're not doing it to be difficult they're doing it because they haven't probably had the right training and Mm. coaching to be able to do it and i think it's record business is recognizing that actually to help the teams have better relationships there needs to be some coaching for you know I'm going to say young development people, but development people to be able it to do those things. But it yeah, it's
1: how you feel about it. But you know what? It ties in quite well because me and Lucy are running a training course next week, and a lot, and that business came to me and it was um, uh, they have trouble standing up for themselves. Um, they have trouble phoning suppliers. They have trouble, you know, basically needed to uh, have more gravitas and communication skills. So it is, it is about. Um, training people in those skills yeah. isn't
2: it yeah, and I think ultimately though when when they're calling suppliers they're calling um people who want to help yeah um, yeah Actually, because they're, they're calling the the sales and commercials teams who do want to sell the product so yes. actually it's, it is a really easy phone call yeah. in, in real terms uh, and and I say phone call because and and I know that we have all become little. Well, I certainly use the phone a lot less than I used to since COVID. I use Teams a lot um, Mm. and I communicate through short messaging. But um, I think that you still cannot be getting on the phone. Yeah, it's quicker, isn't it? It is quicker. It is quicker. It feels like
0: a chore, but it is quicker. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and and actually the the email should be a follow-up and a confirmation Mm. of what you've said, rather than the main point of contact mm. because gets like, construed so easily. yeah i was
1: just going to say that so many misunderstandings happen really? because things haven't been it, like whereas if you pick up the phone you can just clarify straight away can't you you can ask the right questions you can listen yeah you know, and this is all stuff we're going to be
0: teaching next yeah. week it but, saves you, know, you it time doesn't it and and it also i always think it you you jump to the front of the queue because yeah. that, you've got them on the phone <laughs> yep
1: what do you think about when um, a developer or a buyer phones from a retailer? You jump, you know, because they've phoned. Yeah. If they send you an email, it might take you half a day to respond. But uh, it's easy it's to exactly get distracted, isn't it?
0: From a yeah, you it can't is, hide yeah. from a phone call. <laughs> yeah, you can try. Yeah, and, and you and can try. Once they pick up, thinking, you can't. Like, <laughs> but if you're inbox
2: something like mine, you know, it's not uncommon to have two, three hundred emails in a day.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah
2: it's filtering through. Um and um and, and even if you're just marking a few things as red because you've been CC'd on them, um, you know, it's still a, a, a big old job and you you don't always get to people immediately. And mm. I think love personal interaction. And and
0: yeah.
2: and you can get the, oh well actually what are you really after? I know you've asked me mm. for this thing, but what do you what's your end what's your desired mm. end result? Mm. And I think that if you have those conversations what you've asked for maybe isn't what you really need. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do you know, we had an episode with um, Debbie Winstanley, Stanley, who's an agronomist, and it, it was basically that, conf- you know, she said the mm. same thing, pick up the phone, talk to suppliers and, and help them to understand what you're going to use the raw materials for. Because mm. she used the example of potatoes, but, you know, you might think, I just want to ask for this potato, but actually they're the flipping experts and they know what the, the end use is going to be and they're like no no you don't need this potato you need that potato so it is it, yeah we've all got to yeah, put on our really big gone. girl's pants and pick up the blooming phone
2: <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> it sounds so simple but you know i i know um i've, I've been there as well and i remember you know i said that earlier when i was um i used to sell on the wholesale market so you go to the office very early and I, everything was done <laughs> that's how old i am but i had a big sheet of paper with all the names of their wholesale market stores that we dealt with and the telephone numbers and i used to sit there and think Oh, i've got to ring them mm. i'm gonna to to press the numbers on this phone and actually <laughs> ring these people yeah
0: yeah
2: <laughs> um and you know my first week was pretty tough doing that yeah, yeah. And Then you soon break into it and, yeah. and repetition sort of desensitizes you yeah. to it a little bit and um yeah
1: i talk to people about that all the time that's that that thing that when i'm confident i'll do it you won't get confident until you start doing it and actually you've just got to you just have to push through sometimes and do the do the tough stuff and then it becomes really easy after a while
2: it feels great
1: once you've achieved that doesn't it yeah exactly So, so, frustration number one is uh, was all about um, don't ask for really bespoke um, ingredients from an island. Don't
2: ask for them. (laughs) I'm not saying don't ask for them because that's that's not fair. I'm just saying it can be frustrating and having an understanding of of why, yeah, the impact that might be. Yeah, Yeah. it's
0: it's the empathy, isn't it? It's like putting themselves in your shoe, understanding the impact and the consequences of it. And having that, being open to that conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or even I found these places already um, yes. and I was spoken to
2: these people and I think they might be able to mm. um, help or his some, because actually I think sometimes that knowledge is known. Um, mm. Human people can be a bit scary as well.
1: Yeah. So I think it be a bit yeah. Yeah, I think there is something about opening up that dialogue because I know I used to be afraid of not following the procedure, you know, like, am Mm. I allowed to speak to suppliers? Am I not? You know, some people can be complete control freaks about those things, but having clarity on that process and, you know, what the business you're in wants you to do or those people, you know, like you say, people that work in procurement like your background was account management, you know, starting out in account management and stuff like that. But you're actually relationship builders. Uh-huh. So it doesn't, you don't have to be scared of people that work in procurement basically, because they're actually quite nice. No,
2: I, I think we can be a bit frosty and feisty, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, if we're busy and under under pressure and somebody's saying, you know, can I have a, an ounce of gold flake or something? <laughs> <laughs> mm. You yes. sometimes have to take a breath and say, right, okay, well, i tell you what, why don't we have some time where we discuss what those needs are rather than standing timidly at my desk, looking intimidated when I'm mm. clearly busy. So, mm. you, know, you know, just maybe that might be a really helpful thing is, to, you know, which probably comes through, you know, weekly MPD meetings and, and, and so on. Um, but having some time where you said, can I have some of your time? because there's some things I want to talk through Mm -hmm. uh, is much more proactive than standing by the side of somebody's desk or sending them an email saying I need this for tomorrow morning because (laughs) it's
1: it's assertively asking for what you need isn't it rather than passively you're going to get a you're not going to get the response you want if you are passive by sending an email or as of my technical term that I always use, being a bit drippy about it.
2: Hmm.
1: <laughs> um, but actually, if you assertively say, state, you know, I need, you know, I could really do some of your time because I need this information because I've got this submission. date going to deny going to it. Yeah. it? Yeah, hmm.
2: yeah, hmm. If you're yeah. Over their shoulder, annoying them, then they might. You might get better feedback. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, any other frustrations from your perspective?
2: No, I think the, the only other piece is feedback. So we've all put all this hard work in. We've, we've found the miraculous ingredient and we've got the samples in. The trials have been run. Ugh. And then when do we get the feedback to say, actually, do you know what? That worked. It didn't. Could we do this? Could we do that? Uh, you know, we need a slightly different cut or whatever that might be. Or actually, do you know what? The developers hated it or it tasted awful or whatever, um, mm-hmm. but it's not going to progress. And um, thanks for your time. Yeah. You know, I, I think that those, those things are really easy to give, yeah. um, but don't always follow through because, um, you know, NPD teams might be on to the next project quite easily. Yeah. But getting that feedback, so it just says, I think you're valued. Yeah, Um, yeah. and making people around you feel valued means that actually they'll come back and help you next time yeah yeah
1: and I do think it is it's that empathy and and actually if you as a developer or whatever department you work in if you think about how you want to feel so if a developer in a manufacturer will know what it feels like to not get any feedback from the retailer for instance and how frustrating it is and or the feedback's not good enough, it's the same thing. It's just like, it's basically treat others like you'd want to be treated yourself, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, yeah. you
2: know, all of, everything that we've spoken about really boils down to communication. Yeah. All boils down to communication, mm-hmm. and uh, whether that's on the telephone, in person, in a meeting, by email, however you choose to do that, um, keep the dialogue open. Uh, and I think it, it, it really makes, um, you know, a wealth of, of difference and actually then people end up building that confidence and yeah. and if, if the procurement teams have got the confidence in the mpd teams they'll say oh just ring them and ask them you want to yeah. fix them so here's his number or here's his email address or whatever that might be yeah and and that trust and and the whole long chain becomes so much shorter and everyone can react and act a lot more quickly
1: yeah yeah it is it's it's all about that once that trust is in place and everybody yeah, can just get on with the job and then you don't get all those politics of you're not allowed to speak to that supplier or whatever because they're not, you're not worried about what they're ah. going to say. But that does come down to communication skills. It comes down to training, understanding. I know probably 20 years ago at Back of Or I did a, it was like a commercial awareness thing that we had to do. I think it was like, I don't know, like buying for non non-buyers you know like understanding the commercial implications of what what you're saying and what you're doing um are so important
2: yeah yeah and and i think um i think i was probably uh you know but involved with with that as well and that was you know every every uh every interaction with a supplier uh is a negotiation i think yeah it would have been coming up quite frequently in your personal way. But it's
1: true. Do you know what? Every interaction we have ever (laughs) is a negotiation. And I I say that a lot in the courses that we run is that people are like, I don't like sales. I don't like, I don't like negotiating. We are all sales people. We are all constantly negotiating. We negotiate from the age of zero (laughs) when we're crying, (laughs) wanting to be fed. You know, it is innate in all of us. It's, you know, it, it, the whole whole of life is one big negotiation, isn't
0: it? <laughs> Unfortunately, <Yeah>. so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so your top tips really then are all about communication. For, absolutely. You know the,
2: those skills develop as you go through your career, um, yeah. and that's why it becomes easier and and you become more confident at it. But you know, they and they are skills that you do have to develop at home.
1: Yeah. 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 Developed over time. Now that segues quite nicely into what your latest project is, which is hel- helping with upskilling and stuff like that. So, tell us about this.
2: So, um, I'm, I don't know if I came across, but I'm quite passionate about making sure that people know stuff because <laughs> yeah. I well, and um, and I, after setting up uh, my consultancy a couple of years ago, um, I thought, how do I, what you know, what have I got to give the world of procurement that isn't just me doing interim. Jobs and going to be a buyer of a thing in a business for a short term uh, on a day rate, which is, you know, what I do as well. (laughs) And and how can I give something back? And you know, I've been doing this for 20, 25 years. How can I, rather than just sort of carrying on for another 15 years and retiring and taking that with me, how do I leave a legacy uh, for, for people around to continue learning? Um, and so I thought, well. All those things I was talking to you about, about being able to, if you like, see inside factories and learn about the materials that we're buying. How do I bring that together to um, make it accessible for procurement, MPD teams, even uh, people who aren't necessarily involved in those direct uh, supplier interfaces officially? So maybe site services people um, or, I don't know, somebody who's ordering stationery even. Uh, How do I learn about those industries um, so that I can make the right buying choices? Um, So um, I am working on a learning platform, uh, which will launch quarter one, um, where we have um, industry experts talking about a subject area, a market, um, and um, basically everything you might need to know. So let's say it's cardboard boxes. Um, there would be a, um, a cardboard box supplier saying, right, okay, this is everything you need to know from the market, from uh, from the forest to what kind of fluting and board grade you need to deliver the stability in the box that you need for in the conditions that it is. Mm-hmm. So who are the big players? Uh, what are the key cost drivers? Uh, what are the processes that it goes through? Um, so that procurement teams can make more strategic." Um, uh, decisions. Um, suppliers can engender t- trust in the supply base. We were talking about trust a lot earlier. Um, and um, and they can also talk about their um, sustainable credentials. That will then allow procurement and MPD teams to say, right, okay, well, actually, this person's just told me everything I need to know to make a good decision. <laughs> How do I get in touch with them? Mm-hmm. And how do I ask them more or find out about their products? But it's not a traditional sales pitch. It's not upload your um your company uh corporate video.
1: Yeah.
2: It's not what it's uh, It's about allowing uh about the people who are the experts that do have the resource and the knowledge, sharing that knowledge with people who want to learn. Mm. And uh, and that's gonna be launched through the Procurement Hacks website. And I, I'm working currently the the website that you see is my corporate interim uh, consultancy uh, uh, one, but that will change uh, imminently um, with the learning platform. So members basically will have access to all of this for a small membership fee, and uh, suppliers will provide that information um, and they'll be directly contactable and it will be video-based contact- content. Well, wow, So um, the, first, amazing. the first piece of video content done myself which has been really really scary and exciting as well um <laughs> how that works so um that'll be going out as a, as a test bed very soon
0: and so it's it's going to be across everything is it so packaging well, ingredients I'm,
2: I'm starting with packaging and indirect okay and that's because they cross and also focused in the food industry because those are the yeah. things that i no know ingredients is so broad and so massive Mm. i think it will have to evolve off the back Mm -hmm. so i'll start off with with packaging and indirect so you know people in procurement who maybe have never before had to buy electricity in the last six months may well have been asked to buy (laughs) electricity (laughs) and gas at a really really difficult time so you know how can they just have like a resource in their pocket that says do you know what how do i go and do that how do yeah. I learn about mm. that industry really quickly, or that product, or you know, it might be how do I manage stress? It might be how do I, uh, how do I go and get my, pay, how do I go and get a pay rise? How do I present myself mm-hmm. uh, in in a different way, and and call on other experts? This isn't the George Willis show. Me telling people, this is me saying, here's some people who do know. Yeah. <laughs> and they are going to share the information with you, not me.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really great because it basically is going to be something like where you were talking about when somebody comes to you and says, "I need X," and you think flipping it, you know, from a perspective, you think flipping it. Where do I, or an MPD person, where do I even start? You can start there, you know, it will give you that you know it's going to have a breakfast knowledge on there that's going to really help
2: people it it might be giving you some background information or or you might have to write a strategy document well if you've got some really good sources of information and know who you can pick up the phone to to ask to help you on that journey it makes life so much easier yeah Uh, so how
0: many how many suppliers are you starting with like how broad is the packaging
2: option well what i'm looking for now is partners to come and 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 present that information But uh, my key focus, um, actually, we're in, I'm in my husband's office at the moment. Uh, If we were in mine, you'd see a great big board (laughs) full of post it notes that say, (laughs) I need all these people. So it will cover the basics, which will be thermoforms, injection molded, carton board, corrugated. Uh, flexible packaging, um, and whether that's compostable
0: or yeah, degradable. this is amazing. Um, I'm so excited about this because I know. You can see from your eyes, <laughs> yeah, I'm like coming at you through the through my. Uh, I was going to say Zoom, but we're on <laughs> Because for startups and people that are new into the food industry, packaging particularly is such a new area for them, and there's it's such a vast. There's so many different options, and it's this is really exciting because a lot of a lot of I spend a lot of time talking to packaging suppliers and you know learning myself because every client has slightly different needs so something mm. like this is is amazing because it's mm. it's really difficult sometimes to find what you need and and that yeah. understanding as well so
1: for people that are listening what are you looking for for people that are listening at the minute because I know you're looking for some partners from that side yeah. but also people to trial it out and yes. stuff like that yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: so Absolutely, if, if um, uh, anybody can contact me through, through LinkedIn or through the um, procurement uk, and all my contact details are on there, uh, they can call me even. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: She'll ignore <laughs> emails now on purpose.
2: What <laughs> <laughs> um, a really, um, so I, I'm, I'm expecting that in the next couple of weeks I will have uh, what's called an MVP, a, a minimum viable product which will be a demonstration of how the platform will work But what I really need is feedback from users and uh, from content providers to say, actually, do you know what, this works or that bit was really clunky and I didn't like, uh, you know, it turned me off a bit. And, And so because feedback is so important. Mm-hmm. um and getting that feedback and it will be feedback will be consistent throughout the whole launch of the program uh, mm-hmm. uh because then that means that i can keep keep content live and relevant and if people are watching videos then um they'll go and, and we'll put new content on um yes. that is more relevant um so getting initial feedback because it's important that it delivers what people want from it not yeah. what's in my head yeah. um I feel like I've got a pretty good idea of it, but getting some great feedback will mean that I can develop it and, and hone it um, to to really be helpful for
1: people. Okay. So people um, that work in the packaging supply base, but also people that work in the food industry, particularly procurement yeah. people, MPD people, mm-hmm. anybody that wants to get... Is has listened to this and thought this sounds really interesting and would like to be yeah. part of the feedback process they can That's get in true. touch with you get in
2: touch um and i, I really value feedback then I'll, uh, I'll get them involved in, in the program of, of feedback on that yeah
1: yeah fantastic Fantastic. That sounds really exciting. And you know what, it's been so great to speak to you today. And it's great to hear that other perspective and realise that we're all just human. Um, And (laughs) just because you work in procurement, (laughs) not not so scary being. <laughs> I is this that yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I think our listeners will have found it really useful. And, you know, I think the key message is communicate, isn't it? And pick up the blooming phone. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, it's been an absolute joy speaking to you both. I've really, really
1: enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much, good. George. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you next time. See you next
0: time. Thank you for joining us today. And we hope that this has been useful to you. As ever, we would love it if you could rate and review the podcast on your podcast app. It really does help us reach and support more foodies out there.
1: We'd also love it if you'd come and join us in the Facebook group, the O for Food Sake community. And if you want to get in touch with us personally, Lucy is available for consultancy advice and training and can be found on LinkedIn as Lucy Wager.
0: And if you want to reach out to Amy for any one-to-one coaching, group facilitation or training... Then contact her on LinkedIn at Amy Wilkinson Coach. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. See you
1: next time.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Ulrich and Short. Are you looking to reformulate and simplify your products to meet consumer demands?
1: Ulrich and Short are designers and suppliers of clean and plant-based functional ingredients.
0: Helping food manufacturers to solve process challenges. Simplify label declarations and improve nutritional profiles. To speak to a
1: development technologist, visit www.cleanlabelingredients.com.